to the clubhouse with Mark Allen. Right around Australia, let's talk some golf. All thanks to ismygolf.com. Connecting the golfing world. Jump online, register. It's simple, it's free. All you need to do is jump on it right now, ismygolf.com, and you could be heading to the Augusta Masters 2014 to see Adam Scott try and retain the title. One man thinks it's Jason Day's time. That man is Mark Allen. He'll be there. Hey, Don Marco. G'day, Cam. Yeah, I do think Jason Day's going to win that one. I think it's destiny, but uh, I say that every week. <laughs> I probably said it last year as well, but Adam's Des- got to win it. So anyway, destiny. But I cannot wait uh, for Augusta. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, hey, we've got a. You spoke to someone very important I did. this week, mate. I did. I caught Looking up with Mark that. Leishman. Isn't that good? Yeah, he is a wonderful, wonderful bloke. And uh, all set to play in the President's Cup. Yep. Got, a, got a call up. Excited. From a, I think he was number 12 on the list. He was. So he did very well to get that call up. And uh, I'll be interested to hear um, when he's going to come back and play he's, and what tournaments yeah. he's going to play. I know you're asking those questions. Mm. So I look forward to uh, hearing about uh, Mr. Leishman. I look, forward, I look forward to hearing your reaction. To his answers, because I've heard, I have a, I've heard one thing that <laughs> I have I'm a slight in. concern about where you're going to go with that. But that's very shortly. It's going to be a big show ahead of us. We're right around Australia. I want to talk about merging golf courses or golf clubs, well, rather, Marco. Now, I never thought I'd ever see this in my entire life as a golfer. Um, Kingswood Golf Club and Peninsula Golf Club. Now, it hasn't been done yet. We find out on Tuesday. But uh, for those of you who aren't in Victoria and aren't in the golfing circles. Kingswood Golf Club is one of the premier golf uh, groups, not just club, um, in the country. Uh, they've won Division One pennant here in mm-hmm. Melbourne, and we know how big that is right around the country. Um, they've won that number of times, an absolute number of times. Marcus Fraser is a member there. Peter Sweeney, who is now basically runs the club, he's either the captain or the president. Uh, he won an Australian amateur. He won uh, Vic Amateurs, a, a true golfing legend in the sense of the word. Um, Bradley Hughes was there and, and won Division One pennants for them. So this golf club it was one of the greats. And, you know, about, uh, I reckon it must have been 15 years ago now, they had an issue with a boundary. And instead of just fixing up the one hole, they went ahead and fixed about eight holes. Uh-oh. And um, it didn't work out. A lot of members started to leave. Uh, I'm not saying they're well, leaving why, just on the back of that. Why but didn't it work out? What do you mean by it didn't work out? Well, the co- golf course didn't look anything like the old course. Right. The old course was a fantastic little golf course, mm-hmm. a fantastic so it lost members its golf club. In fact, Kingswood, there's a suburb in Melbourne called Dingley, mm-hmm. um, and there are there's Southern, there's Keysborough, Woodlands, and also Kingswood. Kingswood wasn't the best, but certainly wasn't the worst of those groups. In fact, it was a very, 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 very good golf course. Well, that was basically it for the golf club. Um, and it was really unfortunate because they've been losing around 10% of members a year. It's still a great course. You know, every time I go back, even with the new holes, I still enjoy playing the golf course, but it just lost what it had. And a lot of golf courses in the country have fallen in for this. And, and what happens is that you get somebody in to maybe alter the golf course for one reason or another, whether it's a boundary, whether it's a golf hole that you're not happy with, whether it's just for drainage purposes. It's quite often you get an architect in to, to do it. What that architect does to his detriment is put his own imprimatur on the golf course. Instead of making the golf course look like the rest of the club uh, and Kingswood Golf Course, you know, it was, it was a ripper. Uh, the rest of those golf holes, they looked horrible. Who redid it? Well, I don't want to drop names. I, I don't want to I, I do that. But in saying that, you're not even particularly saying that the person did a bad job of what he did. No, he did a rotten job. Did he? he, so yeah. he did it, oh, he did a bad job. Oh, there's no oh, doubt about I that. I was going to stick up for him, but there Did a go. rotten job. So, so okay. look, I've Fair been enough. a member of Huntingdale for a long time too, <laughs> Huntingdale Golf Club. And look, they, they, you know, initially they did a rotten job too. All and right. they 
put away. And look, Greg Norman, when Greg Norman goes in to, to fix a golf course, mm-hmm. his number one thing is to make it look like it's been there for 100 years. And the work that Greg Norman did to New South Wales Golf Club, uh, La Perouse, a lot of people call it, but New South Wales Golf Club in Sydney, it's a top five golf course in the world. Greg Norman was called in to do some work it, there. You can't tell any workers. When he's finished, when he left the place, you can't tell anything's been done. The point is, though, with that, Marco, is to do that, it requires a lot of money. Well, it right, can. So it, take, it requires a lot of money to be able to redo a golf course, yeah. and then it requires a lot more money to make it look like no work's been done. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll go through it. At Kingswood Golf Club, they had small, flattish-type greens. Small, mm-hmm. flattish-type greens. And the bunkering they had, um, it wasn't Kingston Heath bunkering, but it certainly looked like Sandbelt bunkering. The new course, uh, the greens were enormous, and the bunkers were also enormous, big dish pools. Now, it just looked so different from the rest of the golf club. It annoyed members, and I'm not saying it's the sole reason, because, you know, it's financially these days you've got to have some cash to actually be a member of the golf club and enjoy that life. But uh, it would certainly uh, annoyed a lot of the members initially, just like they did when Huntingdale was done. I mean, Huntingdale used to have a 10-year waiting list, Huntingdale used to be in the top 100 golf courses in the world, which was a miracle. That was on the back of the Australian Masters. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. But it was in the yep. top 100 golf courses in the world there at one stage. Huntingdale now wouldn't be, and I hate saying this, it wouldn't be in the top 10,000 courses in the world. Oof. A lot of good golf courses around now, mate. Yeah, no no doubt. Top uh, 10,000? Oh, let's say five then. Jeez, that's your local, Marco. Maybe that's two. you, isn't it? Top 2,000. No, I'll, I'll that's start where you with grew that. up. I'll start with that. Top 2,000. It wouldn't be in the top 2,000 courses on the planet right. now. And that's because... You know, they made changes that they thought were right, but uh, later we know are wrong. Now it's obviously got another one to contend with. Now they're they're whacking together a golf course in Brazil for the Olympics. Peninsula Golf Club uh, in Frankston, 36-hole facility. 36-hole facility. It's a sad. It's a sad, Marco. And uh, the people at Kingswood, you know, it looks like to me, and and like I said, the, the vote's on Tuesday. It looks like to me, I think everybody... I think it's on. I think most people are going to be on board. How's it going to work? What's it going to mean for people who are members of these respective clubs? Well, everyone will have the same rights. So um, the Peninsula members who are already there, and the and the Kingswood members who they'll the Kingswood members at some stage will just move across and they'll have exactly the same rights. The Kingswood Golf Club. It's a real shame. We'll get uh, divided up and they'll sell some property there. I'll tell you what. If I was living on Kingswood Golf Club, because a lot of people do live on the course, of course they do. It'd be pretty filthy. Well, it is. And right around Australia, It'd and, be and really probably filthy. the world. Yeah. Well, one of the selling points for these it, houses it is, is that they you know, might have a back fence. And they've, got a, the they've got a gate onto the 12th hole. That's exactly Ooh. right. So that goes out the window. So a lot of people there in Dingley will be disappointed about that. But um, look, it's the way of the world, unfortunately. And, and Kingswood, the way it was going, like I said before, it was losing... From what I've been told, ten percent of their members per year. Have they you, might have they might have picked up some along the way, but the way they were going, um, they just couldn't unless they put the fees up to five, you know, four or five thousand bucks a year. They couldn't get keep the golf course the way they want to. Have keep you it. played it lately? I haven't played it uh, for quite some time for five years, six yeah. years. Yeah. Would you go out there one last time? Uh, probably not. Hmm. No. No, I think I'm, I'll, I'll look. I'll look forward. But here's the thing, you know, Peninsula Golf Club with the two courses. Mike Clayton's done both of them. If that golf course, I mean, already they're two magnificent courses. I, I quite often play there. But I told you about it last week. I quite often play at Peninsula. Um, the golf courses are sensational. The land is great. It's sandbelt territory. Um, you know, you get there, and if you took somebody there, you'd impress them with some of the not only the views but also the lay of the land and, and the way the holes play. Um, if this golf course got a little cash injection, um, 
they could both be at the quality uh, turf wise, turf wise as uh, Kingston Heath is now. Oh. They've and got I, the they've got the Kingston Heath old curator there, so they've did a bit of a swap, and uh, Kingston Heath now, you know, that man now looks after Peninsula with the cash injection. You could have two world class golf courses all set to go. And I assume that's the appeal for Peninsula. Yeah, it is. Because they don't need to merge, do they? Probably not. They no, probably not, but it makes life easy. Yeah, well, it does now. Or yeah. easier. And here's, here's the other thing, and I don't want to preempt anything, believe me, but I know Long Island Golf Club's been struggling for a little while, oh, no. uh, and that is on the border of Peninsula. So you've got three golf courses right there. Is there too many golf courses down one of the that part premier, of the world, Marco? It could become one of the premier uh, golf facilities in the world. Is there too many golf courses down there? There are too many golf courses that are member courses. I saw an article this week saying that a lot of in America, a lot of the golf courses that are going under in America, and for the same reasons, you know, they're going under here. One, there's mm. just been a slight drop off, but two, the keep a golf course where you want to keep it requires money, and you know, people are quite happy now just to play for play. All the new golf clubs that get built, a lot of them are just you know, pay get come on pay, and, and away you go. You don't need to be a member, and they're they're comfortably making money, and and, and you know, it's, it's an alternate way to mm-hmm. to play your golf. Um, I, I've got a feeling that there are clubs right around this country that are member-based clubs that eventually will become pay-for-play pay for type facilities. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you lose the camaraderie of, of, you do. of being a member of a golf club. Golfacrockmedia.com. If you're from Peninsula, you're from Kingswood, let us know. Golfacrockmedia.com. Yeah. How you're feeling heading towards Tuesday, and no doubt yeah. we'll talk more about it this time so next are, week. There are other clubs involved here too. I know, look, there's Eastern Golf Club here in Melbourne that uh, has sold the property, and they're going to go ahead with a Greg Norman designed golf course. Uh, Croydon Golf Club sold theirs. I'm really staggered that you know, a lot of these clubs didn't pull what they had together. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if if Croydon and Easton, for what it's worth, put their money together ages ago and built just one facility, yep. 36 holes, my God. Yes. <laughs> but instead, now they're going further and further away from Melbourne. Mm. It makes it harder and harder for these things. So one of the great things about being a member of a golf club is its proximity. <laughs> you like just a... Pop right out there. after work, play nine holes, come home. Proximity is a key. And a lot of these golf courses are being built further and further away. So it might take you four and a half, five hours to play, half an hour to have a sandwich and a beer with your mates after, sometimes an hour. If it's 40 minutes there and back or 50 minutes there and back from your house, oh. that is a day trip. And a lot of people are time poor. And that's one of the Damn. reasons, one of the reasons why... Uh, private golf clubs are finding it tougher and tougher. Tell you what, I hope Jim Furyk lives near a golf course, Marco. That's, no. a, that's a two-day trek if he wants to fit around in and he lives an hour away. If Jim Furyk plays at his home course, <laughs> I'm it. told that he's only allowed to play by himself. <laughs> he still gets around in five and a half hours. Here's my golf dot com. one. Jump on, register for free. You could be heading to Augusta. Plenty more Clubhouse next. This is the Clubhouse. On the Clubhouse, great golfing moments for Kingston Lynx, the people's course in Roeville. In your life have you seen anything like that? Yeah, great golfing moments, all thanks to Kingston Lynx. And Mornings with Marco is tearing to join up at the moment. So you've got to head to Kingston Lynx. The 23rd of September is the next one. Last one. Well, Mark Allen That'll joins be the last you. one too, Brecky, yeah. all golfers, and jump on the course. And Marco wanders around in a cart giving tips and pointers on how to improve your game. It's tips the best way to go about it. Tips yeah, are Extremely important. Nine seven six four four triple two. $65 for non-members, $45 if you are already a member. And the 23rd of September is the next one. Mornings with Marco out of Kingston Links. And if you want to check it all out, kingstonlinks.com.au. Now, war by the shore, Marco, if I was oh, to say that. Oh, ride a cup. 
Uh, Ryder Cup 1991, Cure yep. Island. Yes. This was when uh, things started to get raucous. Uh, the Europeans, <laughs> well, look, the Americans had enjoyed such dominance in the Ryder Cup for so long, but then Seve, Bernard Langer, oh, yes. um, and Nick Feldo came along, and all of a sudden, the Europeans started to win. Now, I think they'd won possibly a couple in a row, the two Europeans. In a row. Two in a row, possibly, I'm thinking. And then, then, then it came back to Kira Island. This is where the crowds started to go ballistic. And, uh, you know, they had, all I can remember is really, really bumpy greens, extremely bumpy greens. Um, and the Europeans desperate to win because, you know, the American crowds, when they go, there's nothing better than actually smacking Nick, an Nick American Feldo, when, they're, when, they're, when they're chirping a little bit. Nick Feldo confessed, confessed to being petrified, that's his word, petrified, yeah. on the bumpy greens. Yeah, you would too. It means so much. All of a sudden, the Ryder Cup meant so much yep. to not only European golf, but American dominance in the sport. So it was, you know, this emergence of all these great names, um, you know, from Europe. And all of a sudden, the game was starting to sweep uh, that entire continent. But what was being, uh, I guess, put under the spotlight was other European golfers overtaking the US players. Yeah. And I think you know, Hale Irwin was involved, I think, with... Was it Bernard Langer who yeah. might have missed the putt towards the end? So I all, can't remember if it was on the last or the yeah, second last, last time. But all came down to Hale Irwin, who's a three-time US Open winner. Yeah. So he's fairly experienced, and Bernard Langer. And Irwin actually said, I couldn't breathe... I couldn't swallow. Yeah, that's what it was like. Well, they run for the 18 holes. It, the it, all, it all came time. down to Langer having to nail a six-footer. If he nails it, it's a tie. They split points, and, and the Ryder Club stays at Europe. the Europeans. Yeah, I remember. And he had the uh, he had the dodgy action too. I remember Bernard Langer had the he had the left hand on the club and the right hand pushed against his forehand forearm with the with the putter shaft. So it was a, it was a weird looking final putt, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he missed it. He, he look. He fit a, pr- a prayer in as well before it's, he it, missed that. That 1991 Ryder Cup, that's when the modern Ryder Cup really started. I mean, the, the big comeback. Yep. The big comeback came. The big, big, big comeback came when um, Europe started to play. But the Ryder Cup went to a whole new level, 1991, no when the crowds got involved uh, heavily for the very first time. Well, they got the win. And as soon as he missed it, everyone ran onto the greens, the wives, the players, the Everybody. girlfriends, the mistresses, the best friends. I don't know who ran out there. But in the end... <laughs> The joint was packed. Langer was a broken man, but the Americans had yeah. the Ryder Cup back. And check it out, War by the Shore. Just Google it. Yeah. And some uh, pretty it's interesting good. and amazing footage. Wasn't on the long net. after that too. Justin Leonard uh, and Jose Maria Lathabel were playing. I think it might have been. The, it was either the next one or the one after. Yep. And this is when the Ryder Cup meant you know more than more than majors for a lot of the players. It, it was the teams event. And, there was a big, uh, I think Justin Leonard might have held a fifty footer, and Ooh. the Americans all ran on the green on. On Jose Maria Lathabel's line, and uh, then no. that's when things started to wheeze. Once that happened, that's when start, things started to wheeze. But uh, it was a great event. Uh, we say every time we talk about a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, we'd, it'd be we great if it. the internationals were somehow involved. But uh, we'll see. Maybe Kingston we'll Links, see. check it out. Make sure you jump online, kingstonlinks.com.au. 23rd of September, the next mornings with Marco. You're experienced, Marco. You're not old. Yeah, kingstonlinks.com.au. It's the Clubhouse Golf Course Review for Drummond Golf. Shop in store or online at drummondgolf.com. Over 50 stores right around Australia have Drummond Golf got. There's one right near you, but if you can't even be bothered wandering down the 30 metres, which is how people are nowadays, myself included, Mm. jump online, Marco. Drummondgolf.com, all the biggest range and all the best brands. Now, in honour... In honour of one man, last week's selections, uh, who actually held a spot, we're going to have a look at... 
Palmer Resort. Ah, Call him. Clive. <laughs> Old Clive Palmer, he's managed to uh, find himself in the middle of a political life now. Yes. Uh, he won his own seat. So let's have a look at his golf course. Now, I haven't been there since they changed the first, uh, I think, three or four or five holes. But I can, I can remember absolutely loving getting up there and playing this golf yep. course. Now, this was pre-dinosaur. Oh, wow. Because yeah, no, there, are, there are some dinosaurs the up there now. The dynamics have changed then, Marco. Those dinosaurs move. If you have to go from the ninth to the 10th tee, quite often you're greeted by a dinosaur actually growling at you, which is unusual for a golf course. Oh, but know. I still think, I still remember the 18th hole at uh, Coulomb. And uh, look, in my career towards the end there, yeah. I had to make a par on the last hole a few times to actually keep my card. It's the scariest 18th hole in Australia. Well, you, uh, water on the left all the way. Beautiful stonework in front of the green. It is a magnificent hole. The 11th hole is a cracking par three. If you get the chance to play this golf course, don't play the par three from right up the top okay. where the tournament plays it from. It's a rubbish hole from up there. Play it level with the green. There's another tee down there. It's actually a tougher hole, a much better shot. So I haven't played it, but you, well, you're on a little mini cliff, are you? Oh, you go right up the top of this hill and it actually looks straight down to the hole. It's like an 8-iron or 9-iron yeah. for the pros and it just kind of takes the water out of play. But there's another tee right down next to the cart path and it's basically, you know, on the same level as the green and it's further over on the side so you actually have to hit right across the water. If you go right up the top, you kind of dodge the water. But if you play down the bottom... You've just got to hit uh, okay. a cracking shot. And I, I've never understood why they don't play the hole there because the hole is that much better. You would have got that much more uh, commotion so they, and noise it, on the hole. would have been fantastic. So they build a course around water and then take the water out of play. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen mm. in tournament golf in Australia, playing that particular hole from, from that particular no, team. Normally it goes the other way around. Normally they would build yeah, a hole where the players who aren't particularly professional yeah, have, have the water. To, don't have the water to contend with, but the pros do. Yeah, well, I, well, I think I believe it was always at the um, you know the, the the actual golf course always asked for it to be played up there. They believed it looked better on TV, well, but it would. Who cares about that? No, oh, well, no. You gotta no. make it play better no. and more fun, and you gotta get well, roars and cheers and ooh when they hit it in the water and all that kind of it's stuff. It's an entertainment game as well, Marco. So if they think it looks a little bit better on TV and it won't affect no entertainment the is watching pros make double bogey. <laughs> You and I both know that. <laughs> you you what, and I both know and that. We've been highly entertained by Rory McIlroy in 2013. Yeah, so he's, made a few. he's made a few. Out of 10, what do you give the course? Out of 10, for a Queensland golf course, so they go into a totally different bracket because mm -hmm. of uh, the hot weather. So a hot weather golf course, I give this uh, an 8 out of 10. Oh, well, I'm going to bump it up to an 8.5 because yeah. you haven't seen the dinosaurs and I'm sure it's added <laughs> an unbelievable way, amount of pleasure to and, the course. And you should rank golf courses like that. Hot weather golf courses, yep. they go to the, a different place because you know the grass you play off not quite the same. If I had to rank it on level with everything else, it's probably a 5 or a 6 out of 10. But a, as a hot weather course, a Queensland course, it really is one of the best uh, up there. So go and have a look at it. Shop in store or online, drummergolf.com, over 50 Water stores Australia-wide. 15 wide. holes. Fifteen, 15 holes—that's oh. what it used to be. Anyway, probably more now. <laughs> Drum and Golf, fifty stores Australia wide, biggest range on all of the best brands. Or jump online. Say hello to Clive for me too. Dot com. Tell him I gave it a wrap. Marco's Masterclass. So thanks to the Parkview Hotel is Marco's Masterclass, and they've extended a one hundred ninety-nine dollar weekend refuel package. Break the pet uh, petrol price hike and jump on parkviewhotel.com.au. Righto. Now, if you're uh, down here in the southern states and you don't know what I'm talking about with a Queensland golf course or a hot weather golf course, they, you play on different greens. It's called Bermuda grass. Uh, these days, uh, a lot of the courses have dwarf Bermuda grass, yes. which is a little bit different from normal. It actually makes it play a little less grainy. Now, 
a lot of people who have never seen grain, they've got no idea what we're talking about. But up there, there is really a shiny side and a and a side that uh, looks a lot darker. Yep. Very, very important if you've never played the game to actually check the hole because when they cut the hole, on one side of the the actual hole, you've got to go up and have a close look. On one side of that hole, the grass will be dying. It'll be this brown and it won't be as sharp. Now, that's where the grain is going. So whatever side the hole is on or, or the, the the damaged grass is on the on this rim of the cup, that's the way the, the grain's going. Now, that will affect the pace of the putt. And if you're putting cross into it, crossways, it'll, it'll affect the putt. It'll actually make the putt go left or right. The, the scientists, the green readers, say grain has got nothing to do with putting. They are morons and don't <laughs> listen to them. Anybody who tells you grain's got nothing to do with the way the ball rolls, shake their hand and say, nice to meet you, but you're an absolute dill. And walk away and go and have a lemon squash or something. Because grain is involved when you putt, and particularly up in the northern courses. So if you've never played in a hot weather golf course before, always check the rim of the actual hole, and you'll see what I'm talking about. There'll be one side where it's a little bit dead. That's where the grain's going. If you're putting with the grain then it'll be a fast putt if you're heading into it. It'll be a slow putt. You'll see what I'm talking about after about three holes. Melbourne's Parkview Hotel. Make sure you check them out, parkviewhotel.com.au, and they do bring us Marco's Masterclass each and every week. This is The Clubhouse. Welcome back to The Clubhouse. Right around Australia, it is The Clubhouse. Mark Allen and Cameron Luke. And last week, we spoke President's Cup. It's not that far away. The teams were announced. Adam Scott and Jason Day in the international team, as well as our man. We've jumped on the bandwagon. He's a captain's pick. He's had a wonderful 2013. He is from Warrnambool, when we love it down there in Victoria. His name is Mark Leishman, and he joins us now. How you doing, Mark? Yeah, doing good. How are you? Yeah, well, mate, congratulations. It's been a pretty good year, and this is uh, something that's very well deserved. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been, um, you know, a fairly good year so far. Just played um, pretty steady and, you know, played well in some uh, in some bigger events. So, um, yeah, you know, it was great to uh, get the call from Nick and, uh, you know, just, just to let me know that I'd uh, got the call up as a captain's pick in the uh, in the team. Obviously, being a captain's pick, you're relying on, on, on the captain in this in this instance, Nick Price, to make the decision and, and get you in. Is that is that how it works? He actually just calls you up and says, mate, I want you in the team, or is there some other way that you find out first? No, I mean, we, we've been speaking for probably about a year, but um, I spoke to him on Monday at, uh, at the Deutsche Bank in, during the rain delay, and um, he sort of said to me, look, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow, which was the day before that the team was announced um, on TV, and um, just sort of said, I'll call you either way, good or bad news, and um, I'll talk to you then. So, uh, you know, he, he gave me the call Tuesday night, and uh, you know, it was a pretty good phone call for me. Do you ever have to push your case? You know, when you played particularly well at Augusta, do you just fire him off a little text and say, geez, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I played well. I reckon I could help you out later in, in President's Cup time. <laughs> no, nah, there's nothing like that. He, I mean, he sent me a few emails and that, but... Um, you know, I, just, I tried to not have to rely on a captain's pick, just, um, you know, let my clubs do the talking, but didn't quite get there that way. But, um, you know, ended up finishing 12th in the points. And, um, you know, it was good enough to, uh, you know, to get the call up. But um, 
I guess playing well in, in the big events does help, that's for sure. A couple of years ago, President's Cup here in Melbourne, and, and it really kick-started a great deal of momentum for Australian golf. That summer of golf was, was great. The best golfers in the world were here. And, and being a golfing fan and going, you, you see so many differences, I guess, between just individual golf, which you play each and every week, and team golf, which is something that you rarely see in the world of golf. How, how do you feel about jumping into a team? Are you excited about the differences that it will have? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I you know, play quite a lot as an amateur in, in teams, in um, national teams, state teams, um, pennant teams. Um, and, you know, it's a, I really, really enjoy it. Um, obviously, I've never played in anything on, uh, you know, a team a team. Um, you know, a team event on this stage, but um, you know, really looking forward to it. Um, it'll be you know a fun week on the course. Um, you know, having a teammate out there with you for four of the five rounds, and obviously off the course, it'll be great to have a bit of camaraderie. You spoken to Adam and Jason, I assume they've passed on their congratulations. They have, yeah. It's um, you know, it's been a pretty busy week for me with, with texts and all that sort of thing, phone calls, but um. You know, it's all for good reason, and um, you know they're they're you know pretty happy for me. So I think they're um, really looking forward to hopefully you know getting out there, playing some good golf, and um, knocking off the Americans. Golf's such a confidence game. Such a you have to be mentally strong at different points in not only your career but in different rounds over the four days. You've had a pretty good year, 2013. Four top ten finishes so far. You played particularly well at Augusta when you were tied for fourth. Does making the Presidents Cup team just validate your confidence even a little step higher? Yeah, a little bit. Just because I mean, you know, Nick's obviously been a great player. He's a past number one player in the world, and um, I guess. He's got some belief in me just having picked me. Um, he must think I'm not too bad a golfer. So that's, um, you know, that does give you a little bit of confidence. You know, he, I guess he knows what he's talking about. And, um, you know, I'm just hoping I can uh, play really well that week, get a, quite a few points and um, help the internationals to a win. Do you think it's possible? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's a big possibility. Um, I think we've got a really good team. Um, you know, on paper, it probably doesn't look as strong as the Americans. You know, they've got... Tiger and Phil and um, and those guys, but uh, you know we've got a good team. A lot of the teams in in great form at the moment, and um, the course that we've all played quite a lot. So uh, I don't think there'll be much of a home course advantage for the Americans. Obviously, you get to know a lot of the competitors and a lot of your opponents fairly well. You're on the road with them majority of the year, but is there anyone in particular you're looking forward to sitting down with and just learning more about maybe where they're from, how they got to a President's Cup team, what makes them tick, or maybe even steal a couple of their ideas? Is there anyone on the international team you're looking forward to getting to know a little bit better than you do? Um, I mean, Ernie Els, he's um, you know, been an idol of mine growing up, and to be on a President's Cup team with him is... Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big deal for me. Um, you know, like I said, having grown up and idolised him, um, I'd like to you know try and get to know him a bit better, learn a bit from him. Um, Angel Cabrera, he's a you know won a couple of majors and been a great player, um, or still is a great player. Uh, so they're they're probably the two main ones. But even just you know the Scotty, um, you know I, I know Scotty pretty well, but to Spend a week with him will be great as well. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, a good fun week. And like I said, hopefully we can play some good golf and um, 
come away with the trophy. I can already see a photo of you and Ernie Els just relaxing with a beer after a victorious win, just may- becoming your Facebook or Twitter profile pic. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully that'll uh, hopefully we'll have that. Um, it'd be nice to uh, be you know celebrating on Sunday night and um, so you know definitely extra motivation to. Um, to play well, that's for sure. Now, you, you played particularly well at Augusta. You've played fairly well at the PGA, but the other two majors, probably a little disappointing for yourself. What's the difference and, and how hard are you finding it to, to stay consistent when it comes to the majors? Yeah, I mean, you know, the courses are um, obviously a lot tougher at the majors than the normal events throughout the year. Um, the British Open, I, was, I, was, I actually didn't play too bad there. I missed a cut by a shot. Um, yeah, that's doable over there. Obviously played well at the Masters and, and the PGA got close to the top 10. I think it was false there. Mm-hmm. The US Open, um, it's you know pretty narrow. Probably uh, not the major that sets up the best for me, being um, you know accuracy is a pretty big deal at the US Open. So um, that's one thing I'd like to work on is hitting, hitting a little bit straighter off the tee. But um, you know, we'll work on that and hopefully... Uh, and um, you know, have some more consistent results in the majors next year. That's some good news for Australian golf fans as well, because they're going to see you. We're going to see you down under come Australian summer as well, which is uh, which is great because we're seeing Adam Scott here. We're going to see Rory McIlroy different times. We're going to see you here as well, and uh, can't wait for that. The Australian PJ. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to that actually. Um, up at Royal Pines, uh, you know, the Gold Coast is a great spot, and um, it's going to be a pretty exciting venue, I think. Um, so the, I think the well, last time I played the course, it was um, you know, quite a few birdie opportunities out there, and I think it'll uh, make for an exciting tournament. How, how hard is it after a really long season to have to come home? And I know everyone, all Australians, want to come home, see family and friends, but how hard is it to, to keep the intensity up and keep your form up after you've already been on the road for 10, 11, almost 12 months, then have to try and regenerate some energy for the Australian summer? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's fine. Um, you know, we travel a lot. Like I said, you know, throughout the year, anyway, and um, we want to come home and you know, play in front of the Australian crowds and visit friends and family and all that. Um, unfortunately, this year my family isn't able to come out because my wife just had a baby about two and a half weeks ago. Congratulations! Ago. Um, yeah, thank you. So she's um, she's going to be too young to sort of make the trip. Um, so I'll, I'll only be able to play the PGA this year, but. Um, you know, most other years I'd like to play at least two and um, two of the Australian events just as, you know, they're high on my priority to um, priority list to uh, to try and win one of those, you know, big Australian events eventually. Do you get home to Warnable often? No, really once a year, and that's about it, uh, around Christmas time. So uh, this year we're having Christmas over here. Um, I'll only get back to Warnable for about a week, I think. Um, so, you know... Next year we'll uh, we'll have Christmas back home and um, hopefully be able to spend you know at least a month, hopefully two there. Congratulations again, mate, because uh, very well deserved. Been a big year and I think a major's right around the corner. Good luck and we'll talk again real soon. No worries, thanks a lot for that. There he is, Mark Leishman, and uh, he's fairly excited. He's in the Presidents oh. Cup team, and it's good to see. Yeah. Him. Congratulations, Cameron. To him. Yeah. Did I hear that correctly? Oh, I don't know. Did you? What part are you talking about? He can only play one tournament in Australia because he has a child. He's just got a newborn, couple of weeks old. Oh, and come first Christmas on!
That is madness. He can, he can only play one tournament because he has a child. <laughs> he's just now listen. No, he's, he's just come down here. He's, just he's, say he's, you've he's, had a busy year. He's had and a you very... want to spend some time at home. Don't say yeah. your child is getting in the way of your career. No, no, he didn't Otherwise say it that. Gives everybody in Australia. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? He said that due to his newborn, which is only two and a half weeks yeah. old, and congratulations yeah. to the entire Leishman it's family. It's at the moment. It's going to be six months by the time the tournament gets around. Is that he doesn't want to, at a very critical time, their first Christmas together, oh, doesn't yeah. want to spend too much time away. That's what he's saying now. I'll tell you what. He's uh, having Christmas in... Change a few nappies. He's uh, having Christmas in the US. Marco, change a few nappies, Leish. <laughs> I'll tell you, I reckon you'll play in all three Australian events. By the he's time a... by the time you get back to Oz, <laughs> you'll want to play in everything. He's a star. You'll be playing in the Are Box you... Hill Pro-Am. You know what? The moment he said that, I thought to myself, he'll be playing in the Vic Open. Thankfully, Marco's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's done and dust. I'm glad he's come down and playing. At least he's playing once. He is good. And congratulations again to him because he's in the President's Cup team. What are we doing next? What's next? We're going home. That's it. Yeah, we're going home. Beautiful. We're going to go. Well, I'm going to hit the golf course. I'm going to play Backers Marsh. It's outside of uh, my home course. right? Just outside, about half hour out of Melbourne. Can't wait for that. My little boy's here. My little boy's here this morning. So come over here, Kelly. I want you to say hi, Mum, into the microphone. Quick, come over here because we've got to go. Quick. So we'll see you next. Come here. Now this microphone. Come over here. So we'll see you next week. There you go. Good on you. You take him to the golf course. Take him down the driving range right now. He's uh, he's 15 years away from winning the Australian <laughs> Open, you know. <laughs> you know, he's only nine years away from being in Augusta, <laughs> Guanting Langstyle. Yeah, that is true. Mark, see you next we'll week, see buddy. See you next week, mate.